if I was looking for a 22 to 2,500 square foot home in Milton, Oakville or Burlington, and I had a reasonable budget, I would probably sell first. And right now is probably the only time in a long time that I would have suggested that. And that's because for the last decade, pretty consistently, sale prices have been, you know, for someone that knows what they're doing, somewhat predictable. Like you, you have a pretty good general idea for what a house will sell for. But right now, that's not always the case. I and mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that might be budgeting based on their house selling for a million bucks. It could sell for 1.1 and now all of a sudden what you can buy completely changes. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 115 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. We're going to get right into it today. Buy or sell first. We had a comment on one of our uh, previous podcasts on YouTube. Somebody wanted to know, buy or sell first. I was looking forward to doing the intro. You just jumped right. You're so anxious today. That's okay. okay. Do you want to next time? Do you want to do, do, do a mid tro? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're good. Um, yeah. So, um, buy yourself first. Good topic. It's actually come up. Um, I came across the question the other day because we hit the same. This person had asked two questions within one paragraph. So I, mean, I don't know if we missed the second question, but it's actually probably more relevant today than it was before uh, because. Well, that me, wasn't even my, that long ago. That was probably six weeks ago or so. And and the dynamic of what's happened in the market, like now we're end of January, yes. coming into the end of January. So, so let's mid, we'll get, mid, we'll mid December compared to end of January now is a completely totally different, different market. We'll we'll give um a generic kind of answer to help you gauge what the right answer to this question would be but there's so many variables but i'd like to also talk about how my opinion has changed i would say the vast majority of times first of all not, i'd say i don't know as a percentage what would you say 95 percent of the time people buy before they sell if you go back in our decade of the business being open I'd say it's somewhere in that range. Most people are buying first, historically. Um, there's so let's let's just throw out the pros and cons. To we'll start with buying first versus selling first. You go first. Pros and cons with buying first or selling first, and we're starting with buying first. Buying first, first, yes, correct. That was very confusing, but you you understood. We're, we're going to talk about buying first first. That's correct. Or are we talking about buying first, about buying whether you buy it first or not? Now I'm really confused. Let's talk about <laughs> the pros and cons. Let's talk about buying. Buying and is it before you are, sell? Are there pros and cons to buying? And yeah, pros and cons selling. and things to consider to help you make a decision. But yes, oh, okay. Pros for buying first you can be a little bit more selective. Um, maybe not so much in this market, but if you sell first versus buying first, you are more likely to end up with... You've already switched to selling first. Well, <laughs> I guess it, it's, it's going to go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, got it. They're, they're, it's relevant so to each other. Stay with us. Stay um, with us here. Yeah. 
We're not trying to confuse you. It is a little bit confusing, though, because and that's what how the market. And that's feels. why there's the question. That's right. Sure. That's right. Um, so when you buy first, you can. I mean, it depends on your circumstance and what your timeline is. But if you're not pressured for time, buying first allows you to find a home that is at least suitable for your needs and wants. Um, buying first allows you to, in that process, prepare your home for sale and make sure that it's ready to go. Uh, so there's two quick ones. I'll let you add to it. Uh, the cons of buying first, depending on the timeline of when your home goes on the market. So if if you buy first and you're able to get your home on the market relatively quickly, like in the next week to 10 days, you're buying and selling in the same market, that's great. If you buy a... because hopefully we're talking about resale homes and not new build homes because that's a whole different topic altogether. Well, in that case, you're always buying first. Well, unless you're selling and then renting or something. We've had people sell and and purchase new homes and rent or move in with family and things like that. So, I mean, everybody has different uh, comfort levels. But, you know, a few of the cons of of buying first is one you've got the the pressure then that you have to sell right you i think that's probably a better approach to the question is what what risks do you run depending on the 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 option you choose well otherwise there aren't a whole lot of negatives of buying first other than the fact that now you have to sell and you probably need a certain amount of money for that home to sell for. That's that's one of them. Yes. Um, and then lining up closing dates can be an issue if you're buying first, especially if you are um, on a specific date that the seller of the home you purchased has determined that they have a specific date. So so as an example, if that seller says, we have to close end of February and it's the end of January, but you absolutely love the home and you, you want to buy that home and you agree to that, well, now you're closing in 30 days. Your home's not going to be on the market for seven or 10 days. So you're closing in three weeks from when your home goes on the market. The chances of getting a closing date to line up with that are going to be slim. So you end up carrying a bridge loan and you end up carrying both homes for a period of time if your financial institution allows it. Right. Which usually then, they do, but not they'll they're always going to have limitations on how long you can do it for and then obviously taking into consideration the cost of it. Correct? I think one of the and, biggest and, mistakes and then, and then and then the other side of it is if if you buy a home with a longer closing, so end of January, you go out, you see a home you love, you buy it, and the seller says, we need a June closing, and you say, okay, no problem. You get your home on the market, and you get multiple offers, and the best offer is closing in April. You've got a two-month gap now that you are without a home, and maybe right. the best offer you know, is... Uh, suitable, like it's compensating you in order to 
find some kind of accommodation for that two months, but you got to move twice. You got to find that accommodation or move in with friends or family or, you know, find a short term rental. And that can be confusing. So, so those are just, I think one of the biggest mistakes that real estate agents make is not properly preparing their clients. So people who are listening, um, if you're an agent, make sure you do this. If you're a buyer or seller, make sure you consider this is, uh, seriously uh, considering all the potential outcomes and planning accordingly, right? Because you don't ever want, ideally, you don't want a closing date to be the reason you can't accept the highest offer to buy your house, or it's not, or you, or you, or you don't, uh, or you allow it to prevent you from buying the perfect house because it's very hard last minute. If you find the perfect house and it's, you know, a desirable home and you're competing against 12 other people and every, there's a lot of pressure to make quick decisions. If you haven't uh, had the time to make uh, a, a thoughtful consideration of what if I can't close at the right time, where will I go? What are my expenses? How can I find interim accommodations? That can, under pressure, very easily, and I've seen it many times, prevent somebody from um, buying a house. And they miss out on the perfect house because they didn't take the time up front to consider their options. Whereas what if my closing is earlier? What if it's later, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's very important to look at all your options. Like, can you move in with family? Are there uh, short-term accommodations you would consider? And just really putting thought into it because the last thing you want is to miss out on the perfect house or on the perfect sale because you didn't think of it in, in advance. Well, and I think whether you are buying or selling, the best leverage you can have, mm-hmm. period, the best leverage you can have, whether you're buying or selling, is to be to have flexibility. Yes. If you have flexibility, and I'm talking about lots of things when I say that word flexibility, but a lot of it comes down to when the transaction closes. If you can be totally flexible with when the home that you buy closes and when the home that you sell closes, regardless of when those dates are, if you have flexibility, you are more likely to have a winning offer on your purchase and potentially be able to negotiate a better price And the same could be said for when you're selling, you're opening up your property now to a lot of people because everybody has a different uh, date probably in mind, right? Like somebody might want to close in March, somebody might want to close in August. So if you are open to the idea of closing any time and have that flexibility, you are putting yourself in in an advantageous uh, situation in terms of negotiation. So that's, that's always the biggest thing. And even flexible, like talking about selling for a second, like we're, we we just listed a property where um, I spoke to the seller and I said, um, you know, we're going to be really busy with showings over the next few days. There's no question about it. Your home shows well, Uh, we're already getting a lot of interest there's going to be a lot of showings. Um, don't plan on being in the house for the next 
few days. Yeah. Um, so we can allow showings. So if if you say, oh, you know, we have to put our kids to bed at seven o'clock. We don't want showings after seven. Well, there's a lot of people that go and see homes after seven. Or if you say, oh, a nine o'clock. Actually, you know what? Just to interject there. So a house we recently sold. Uh, the you'll know the one where it was one of my listings. They had 94 showings or something in four days. So they didn't want originally. They did not want any showings and nobody in the house after eight o'clock because that's when they put their kids to bed. And I had a big discussion with them uh, the day before. I went to list um, to reiterate the importance of encouraging them to allow everybody to come through at all costs. And uh, anyways, they were in the end, extremely accommodating. They ended up renting a cabin or something for a couple nights over the weekend because they were so busy. But on the, the, the final buyer who paid good money for the house came through on Friday night between eight and eight 30. So, and that was their only visit to the house. So, who knows? Had they have stuck to their original plan of not allowing showings after eight, maybe that person wouldn't have been able to get through. You know how many times I see a property get listed for sale? And this is assuming the realtor has done their job and, and everything's ready to go on the realtor end. But how many times I schedule an appointment immediately? So the, the home goes on the market at one o'clock. At 1.30, I'm already scheduling appointment for two o'clock or trying to. Yeah, And I get a message back from the listing brokerage that says, can you reschedule for four o'clock? Yeah. And then I call the listing agent. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, you just listed this property. I want to get in there right away. And uh, my client's waiting for a home like this. I'm going to throw you an offer today. Yeah. And then they say, oh, the the seller just has to tidy up. They have to clean up or they have to get their stuff together. They have to get the kids out of the house or whatever. Right. Like how much how much time be have prepared. they had to know about this? Be prepared. Be overnight. flexible. Be right. flexible. Be prepared. So and that's that's, that's no fault of the, the seller. That's the fault of the agent not properly not setting the right expectations. So if you personally yeah. were to be in the market to purchase a home right now, and I'll I'll elaborate because I am in the market to purchase a home right now. I'm always looking. So for would, me, would would you buy yourself first? Well, right now, because what I'm looking for is, I'm very picky, I would definitely buy first. Um, but I would be able to have my house on the market very quickly. I, I would work 24 hours straight to get it ready. Um, so, you know, I don't have to paint the whole house. I would do some touch-ups and have it ready pretty quick. Well, you, look at, you look at Christopher on our team. Yeah. Uh, he had his whole main floor, all of the hardwood floors, yes, sanded and refinished. They looked yeah. beautiful, by the way. Good job, yes. Tom. Um, and had the stairs polished, uh, replaced light fixtures, uh, painted the home, painted the baseboards, even painted some of the cabinetry in the bathrooms. Um, freshened up the grout and the caulking around the bathrooms, um, did a deep cleaning and uh, appliances and, and cabinetry and things like that. So, you know, obviously he knows the process, but 
as realtors, we don't go through it ourselves very often. Um, like I haven't moved personally in 10 years. You haven't moved personally in 10 years. We've bought properties, but not our primary residences. Um, so he literally from 7 a.m. to like 11 p.m. for a week straight dug his heels in. And yeah, he had some help, like the guy to finish the floors, Tom, who did, again, an awesome job, uh, got a painter in, um, you know, our staging team obviously came in and staged the property to make it look beautiful. Um, but a week of hard work and the house looked amazing. Yes. So that's a really quick turnaround considering all the work they did. He was, he was very efficient the whole yeah. everybody in the whole process Paint, painted the front door inside and out uh changed some faucets changed you know like really Can really hear that i'm getting called from upstairs alicia's at an appointment so i've got the girls upstairs oh seriously <laughs> yeah well uh bring them on the podcast i don't know what to tell you um throw throw some candies up there for them and and Put the TV on. <laughs> That's what they've already got. Uh, parenting so, 101. Adrian has a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're uh, occupying themselves upstairs while he's doing this podcast. That's how friggin' committed that he is. There you go. Doesn't hate the podcast after all. No. So... Uh, so just to kind of go back to what I said, so for me, I think that's a big thing too, is if depending on what you're looking for. So for me, I mean, first of all, I'm not really like I am always looking. Um, you sound like a lot of our clients now. I know. But if somebody was looking if for something. If the right home comes along. If you're looking for something that is readily available, like if, you know, if I was looking for a 22 to 2,500, honey, I'm just on a podcast. Okay, I'll be at just a moment. Um, if I was looking for a 22 so to 2,500 2, square foot home in Milton, Oakville or Burlington, and I had a reasonable budget, I would probably sell first. And right now is probably the only time in a long time that I would have suggested that. And that's because um, for the last decade, pretty consistently, sale prices have been, you know, for someone that knows what they're doing, somewhat predictable. Like you, you have a pretty good general idea for within a small range for what a house will sell for. But right now, that's not always the case. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that might be budgeting based on their house selling for a million bucks. It could sell for 1.1. And all of a sudden, now you've you're, what you can buy completely changes. So I think it depends um, on a few things. But I think it's very important to um, make sure, you know, if you're, if you're looking for something that's hard to find, and it's still okay to sell first, but just make sure you have interim accommodations. Well, I think that's the key is what type of home are you looking to purchase and what type of home do you have to sell? Because yes. if you have, as an example, our listing in Carlisle, which was on the market for about 40 days, the last, the first two weeks were really busy. I thought we were going to sell it in the first couple of weeks and we didn't. It was just yeah. before Christmas, so the timing was a bit off. But anyways, uh, after New Year's, we had a ton of showings, and we ended up selling it firm for a very good amount. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the deal got done. But I, 
you know, to the sellers, I couldn't tell them and I couldn't predict how long it would take to sell the property because we did price it a little bit on the high end. It's a very unique property in a unique location with unique features and a unique layout. So there, it doesn't appeal to everybody, but the person that it does appeal to, they would move quickly on it. And um, so that's that's the key. What, you know, how long would it take to sell your home? If you have right now a 1500 square foot townhome with three bedrooms, two and a half baths and a finished basement, I can guarantee you, you will sell that home within the first week, probably firm. Yeah. Um, no question about it. I agree. Um, if, if you're in Halton, Peel, uh, even in Wellington regions. Um, so then you got to look at what type of home am I looking at buying? So to your point, if you're looking at a four bedroom, two and a half bathroom home between two and 2,500 square feet, um, you know, maybe there's not lots of them out there. Oh, you see, they are coming on the podcast. Emma, Emma. Can you go upstairs? I'll be there in a minute. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Tessa. Hi, McKenna. Hi, Daddy. Hi, honey. I'll see you in a minute. Um, they throw you off? Thank you. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. Dad, Daddy uh, daycare. Yeah. Um, the joys so, of working from home, hey? Yeah, I know. And I haven't utilized my, my day at the office once. Maybe I should. Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, Anyway, it, the, the topic is one that could be debated for There's a so while. many things to consider. There, there are so many variables. The key is, and this is my advice to people in life, you know, if, if you're having a problem with your teeth, you want to go and find the best dentist you can find. If you're having a problem with your finances, you got to find the best financial advisor you can find. If you're in a crazy real estate market and you want to or need to move, find the best real estate agent that you can find. Don't find the person that's going to be working for less money and start negotiating on their commissions. Don't just take a random referral from a Facebook group. Uh, do your due diligence and make sure. It's funny you say that because uh, regarding um, what, what we were talking about recently, I, I was looking for, a, I wanted to refer somebody to a an exterminator type of person. And the one person that's recommended by everybody on this one page uh, is somebody that we received terrible service from. So you're right. You got to be cautious of your recommendations and do your due diligence. Yeah, 100%. And if you have the right guidance and the right advice, like at yeah. the end of the day, a realtor is an advisor and they have to advise you uh, on your plan and walk you through that process and talk about the pros and the cons and the out potential outcomes of each scenario. And yeah. if you do that, you'll be in good shape. But this market is friggin' crazy and you need to be prepared. You need to have your finances in order. You have to have your deposit in order. Your house needs to be clean and prepared and ready to go. You have to have all those ducks in order and then you'll be okay. And then it's just a matter of having that flexibility. Um, so two two things okay. you can do to help uh, ease the process and give you um, peace of mind, but also 
enable you to be better or in a better position when it comes to negotiating on both ends of the sales or both ends of the transaction, whether you're buying or selling. One, find out if you can bridge, right? Not all people are allowed, are able to bridge depending on various circumstances. Financial institutions are really tightening up on that. Yeah, so find out if you can. If you can- And the cost. And the cost out, of it. Find out the cost. So by cost, some the your mortgage broker or mortgage agent can sometimes break it down. I don't know if they do it daily, but definitely monthly, and you can do the math. Um, so figure out how much it will cost you. Because if you've got two offers and one is the perfect closing date, but it's 10 grand less than one that's, you know, three weeks later. Uh, if you know that it costs you three grand to bridge, well, you're still seven thousand dollars up to take the other one. So um, make sure you know what your bridge costs are and that you can do it. And if well, you have and, a limit to how long you can do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll elaborate on bridge. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, the opposite to bridging is needing to find somewhere to live. So uh, consider your options for interim accommodations, whether maybe you have a friend or family you can make arrangements with to temporarily stay with them, maybe an Airbnb, whatever, just be open-minded and um, plan ahead just in case that happens. So when it comes to um, bridging, you know, the, the vast majority of our clients that purchase homes with our team end up getting a bridge loan to have a gap between the closings. So you close on your new home first, and then you, you have two weeks, three weeks, a month. We have one client that's going three months right now before um, even listing their home. But between closings, a couple of weeks or a few weeks because- At a minimum of a weekend, right? Like you, you, want, you, want you never clean. want to close on the same day. Oh, that's a, unless you have to. I've had That's it happen. It. I, I, I don't think I've ever done it from about, about we recently sold a house on fifth line, bah, that bah, property, bah, bah, that house on fifth line. That's a, that's my new sound sound bit um, on fifth line. The buyer of that, for whatever reason, chose to close on the same day or maybe had to, I don't know the circumstance, but they were, they were, they, the movers had to come first thing in the morning to their house and they had nowhere to put their stuff because they didn't get the keys to the new house until like three o'clock in the afternoon. So the movers were sitting there being paid by the hour with full trucks, nowhere to go. I had a deal uh, back in November. We sold, uh, we, I helped the clients purchase a home that they really liked. There was short supply. They liked it. No problem. We sold their home. No problem. Mortgage agent calls me, says, can't get a bridge. Need to close on the same day. Even though I had prepared the seller and told them and they'd gone through that process, whatever. Yeah. Not happening. Any lender, whatever, the numbers just didn't jive or qualifications, what have you. Had to close well, on the same day. In 2017, the banks were afraid of bridging too. Correct. Had to close on the same day. Okay, no problem. So I got it done. Sold their home, closed on the same day as their purchase. It was on a Friday before a long weekend. Never close on a Friday, especially before a long weekend. Yeah, well, I don't mind closing on Fridays if we have to, but well, Fridays for sure. before a long weekend, they are super happening. busy. Lawyers, banks, it's, super, super busy. 
Yeah. And then they're closed for three days and yeah. everybody like lawyer offices, uh, a lot of them, you know, they close at four o'clock, four o'clock. They're gone. They're not sticking around at four Oh one to, you know, help your deal close. Yeah. I mean, some of them will, but, um, anyways, they loaded up the, uh, moving truck, whatever, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Got, got them out of the, out of their home. Everything's going good. They go over to the new house and now they're waiting for the lawyer to close. They got there at around two o'clock in the afternoon. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. I said, well, usually the homes will close mid to late afternoon and the lawyer office will call you and say, congratulations, the deal's closed. Come get your keys. Waiting, 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 waiting. The mortgage broker somehow or the financial institution somehow missed something in their process and the funds did not come through until after five o'clock. And the mortgage agent did a good job of, of trying to make it happen. But after five o'clock land registry office isn't open. Yeah. The lawyer's offices aren't open. So now people have to work overtime and all three parties have to work overtime, not to mention the agents. The moving company is still in front of that house with all of the stuff in there. And it's a Friday before a long weekend. It did not close. So what happened? They had to go and stay with family for the weekend. Yeah. The moving company stored all of the uh, furniture and everything in their truck and then had to come back on the Tuesday to unload everything. Can you imagine? And the previous owner, while they left it in a quote-unquote broom-swept condition, you know, the toilets were dirty and, you know, there's a lot of dust and stuff left behind. Um, like not major stuff, but, you know, not stuff that you really want to be moving your furniture on top of. Like you would want to give it a deep clean. So I felt really bad. Um, it was out of my control. Our end was going nice and smooth, but things can happen, right? So, so you want to give yourself a bridge of a week or two or whatever um to allow for those things i just did a deal a few weeks ago where the seller wants to install hot lights a new backsplash and and get things done before they move in especially now during covid period because they don't want to have the contractors in there while they live in there so while the home is vacant they're getting all these people in there they're getting some new appliances delivered they ordered a new couch they're going to get that delivered so you know you can you can take time with those things so if you if you sell first you're opening yourself up to having to buy something within that closing date unless you have alternative um living arrangements yeah one of the big risks with buying first is financial because you have to sell, right? If you don't sell, there's financial implications potentially. Uh, the risk with buying first is, um, oh, sorry, selling first 
is you may be under the gun to buy something. So you, depending, there's a lot of things to consider, but I would just have a good conversation with a good real estate agent, consider all your options. And it's a you know relatively easy decision. It's a scary one though. Like, I mean, when you're talking about yeah. a million dollar home on average in Halton region, more than a million bucks now in Halton, mm-hmm. um, and you're probably upgrading. So you're paying one, three, one, four, 1.5. You're talking about a two and a half million dollar decision. And that's probably your biggest asset and your life savings all tied up in there. A lot of bad stories in 2017 when the market was at its peak and people bought and then had to sell later. And they were caught in that time frame where uh, the market had an adjustment because of new programs the government put in place and things were happening in the economy and this and that. And uh oh. Now my home isn't worth a million, it's worth 800, but I banked on selling for a million. Now I'm short 200 grand and I can't close on the new home, but I've got a $100,000 deposit on the new home. What do I do? Yeah. Well, and those stories scare people off for sure. I mean, they are a reality, they do happen, but I think a lot of the time they are avoidable if you prepare right? Be ready to sell. If you're buying first, be ready to sell. Be ready to list your house immediately. Don't, you know, buy and then decide, okay, let's paint the whole house, you know, get that done in advance. Well, especially now, like Crystal, the story of, you know, he, during the preparation of his home, wanted to replace uh, one of the faucets. Couldn't find a faucet anywhere yeah the ugly stuff that nobody wants but a nice decent you know Kohler or yeah uh moan faucet couldn't find it well to be delivered in a reasonable time like within a few days or or whatever no they're all yeah. like six to eight week delivery times so you, well i mean for that that's in our uh meeting with rod from pro result plumbing he was saying that the moan warehouse is working at 10 percent capacity so everything's sh- uh, hard to get a hold of right now. Everything's short supply, and and good contractors are, are busy. Yeah, are they're booked. Yeah, I was talking to um, the I I prefer a couple of suppliers uh, in every every industry and every um, type of business, but um, I was talking to a pool installer and they are not only completely booked for this year, for 2021, they are almost completely booked for 2022. That's nuts. So if you buy a home... I will dig my own hole. Just come yeah, fill it in. Yeah. I, if you want to buy a home right now and install a pool, you are waiting till the third summer. Not this summer. Yeah. Not next summer. The next summer. Yeah. So, um, like even um, uh, electricians, um, try getting an electrician in quickly. It's it's tough, right? Yeah. Somebody that does a good job. So you got to be prepared. Yeah. Anyways, I got to go take care of these kids. Episodes your one answers. one five one fifteen of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Right. Uh, leave you. us a comment. Let us know if. <laughs> Let us know if you have any kids that are bugging you at home while you're working. Yeah. Who else is in this situation? Hashtag everyone. 
That's Tessa. That's Adrian. I'm Ariel. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Feed us. Say bye. Say bye. Poor kids.